Well, we are in a series called what? Anybody know? New season. All right. That sounded a little bit like the old season. But uh, what's our series name? New season. new season. Amen. I'm excited about a new season. A new season. And uh, we've been talking about uh, a new season the last few weeks. We talked about a new perspective, didn't we? Getting a new perspective. And in fact, the new perspective really is God's perspective, isn't it? It's God's perspective. And so in order to accomplish, saints, uh, the, the objectives that God has set before us, listen, we are going to have to depend totally and 100% on him. All right, in order for him to take us into this new season, we are going to have to surrender all. We're going to have to surrender and say, Lord, take me into the new season. Much like, I've said this before, much like a surfer, talked about this, you know this analogy, right? Uh, Can't go out and, you know, conjure up the waves and say, okay, I'm going to make a wave, now I can surf on it. No, he or she has to go out and they have to wait for that wave. But when that wave comes... They got to be prepared, got to have the board ready, got to have their stuff on, the right clothes, the right swim gear and all of that, right? And when that wave comes, they hop up on that surfboard and ride that thing. And listen, that is how the Holy Spirit is with us. He is, the, a wind of the Spirit is blowing. And I really believe the word of the Lord this morning. Listen, the, a wind of the Spirit is blowing and we've got to be ready. And in fact, we got to already have been ready. <laughs> all right. If you're not ready, hurry up. Because it's, it's coming. I mean, it's blowing even right now. And I'm telling you this morning, hop up on your surfboard. Don't look around. I'll just, I'm just going to say this. Don't, even, don't look around at empty seats. Don't look around at anything you think that's lack. Don't look at any of that stuff. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm telling you that this morning. Uh, that's what the Lord is sharing with me. Keep your eyes on him because we're going places. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say we're going places? We are going places. Amen. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just excited. To go into a new season, folks, we're going to need a new anointing. We will need a new anointing. Now, here's the thing with, with anointing. We hear this word, this probably uh, maybe kind of cliche-ish word almost sometimes in church. Uh, shouldn't be. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we use it as a cliche. And I don't know if you're like me. You've heard the word anointing. Maybe you've heard somebody preach, and they preach real good. You know, oh, boy, they really, you know, they was up and down, and they took, and they went here, and they described some things and, you know, got you emotional, but they also taught and the whole thing. And you said, man, she was really anointed. Or you heard somebody sing, and you said, oh, she hit the high notes. She hit the low notes. She did a couple runs. I mean, it was... It was nice, you know, and uh, you say, boy, you know, he was really anointed. And, you know, I begin to think, well, what does that mean? When people say that so much, you know, he's anointed, she's anointed. Does that mean that they're talented? Does that mean that they just sang really? Every time somebody sings really well, does that mean they're anointed? What does it mean, you know, when you say anointed? And it, and it becomes used so much, uh, you know, that it's just, he's anointed. She's anointed. You know, Brother Tom, he's so, he's so anointed. Brother Jay, he's so anointed. Everybody's anointed. I mean, we're all anointed. What does that mean, anointing? And so uh, I went back to Pastor Brent Landers. If anybody know Pastor Brent, you know, he one time described the anointing that was the best 
uh, simple description that uh, I believe I've ever heard, maybe just because it made sense to me. Maybe it won't make sense to you. But to me, it, was, it is the purpose of God working through you by the Holy Spirit. It's all it is. Simple, right? The purpose of God working through you by the Holy Spirit. Purpose of God. His purpose. That's the key. So you just can't get up and sing any old song. I'm just going to sing this song. Everybody says, you sure was anointed. Well, you sang good. I mean, you hit all the notes. But the anointing is something totally different. Come on. Because if it wasn't God's purpose, it wasn't the anointing. All right? And if it wasn't generated by the Holy Spirit through you, it wasn't the anointing. And so that's what we're talking about, a new anointing, a purpose of God working through you and I by the Holy Spirit. We're going to need that if we're going into this new season. Now, what are we talking about when we say new season? We're talking about a time or a period created by God, characterized, here it is, by a move of the what? Holy Spirit, having recently come into existence, being built on a former time and experience, Yet never seen before, but here's the key to that whole little explanation. It glorifies God. That's how you can measure anything, measure any anointing, measure any new thing, new see. Does it glorify God in the end? It's how you can measure, measure a healing by that. Does it glorify God? That's why when we pray, at least I know when I pray, I pray for people to be healed. Yes, for them to be healed. But not only for that, that God might be glorified in this thing. Because it's him who does it. Come on. It glorifies God. And we must embrace this new season. Let us not forget Isaiah 43. And we've been talking about this. He said, remember not the former times, nor consider the things of old. Behold, God says, I am doing a new thing. And I believe he's speaking that to us right here, right now, today. And he says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness. I will make rivers in the desert. And I do like these other translations. The good news says, but the Lord says, listen, don't cling to old events. I know you had a time in here where there were camels walking through the church and you had a big stage up and you were doing this thing and you were doing that and we had, uh, you know, different plays and you wanted to talk about the old. He said, don't cling to former events. I got something even greater than that. You know, love it. It was great. But guess what? There's something more. There's some more. You ever done something and you, or you've seen someone do something and you said, that is so great. No one can top it. I mean, I just don't see how someone can do anything greater. And then you see them come back and do something even better than that. And then you use, well, I've seen, now I've seen it all. But what an inconsistent lie. Because <laughs> you haven't. You really haven't. Not if you know the Lord. You can never say, I've seen it all. It says, watch for the new thing that I am going to do. It's already happening. Jesus has a way of doing that, doesn't he? You know, he, he told the woman at the well, remember, when he was talking with her and he was talking about uh, those, who worship, uh, those who worship the Lord will worship him in spirit and in truth. Remember, he was, he was telling her that. And he said, look, uh, there, will be a, there, you'll worship, there will be some, there will be something new. And he said, wait a minute, behold, even now. Jesus loves to do that. There's something new. Wait a minute, it's even now. Even now, he says, can you not see it? I will make a road through the wilderness and give you, give you streams of water there. 
One other translation, my favorite, for this particular scripture, says, but forget all that. Forget about it. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home. Create rivers for them in the desert. In other words, I'm going to make a way out of no way. God is saying to you, what I absolutely love to do, I don't love to come in and where things are already set up, you know, I just come in and just flow with that. He says, what I like to do is where there's an, where there's an impossibility, where there's no way this thing can be done. Where you look around and say, I, it's over. I don't see how we can do it. I love to come in right then and go, check this out. Look at this. He changes the whole thing around. And how does he do it? By the anointing. That purpose of God working through you by the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible or your device this morning, turn to Luke chapter 5 with me. I want to talk just a little bit about this thing called the anointing. Luke chapter 5. Let's start at verse number 30. Let's start at verse 36. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible this morning. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. Jesus is speaking and it says, He told them a parable. He said this, he said, no one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on the old garment. If he does, he will tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wine skins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good. You know what, what Jesus is saying here in part is that you can get used to what you're doing. You can get used to where you're at. You can get used to the wine that you have now. You go there and you taste some of the wine and you say, oh, this is good wine. And then the next week you say, yeah, I want some of that same wine. And then the next week you say, remember that wine? I want that same wine. Next thing you know, 20 years later, you're drinking the same wine. When God has moved on and he's got some new stuff, he's got some new things going on, but you long for the old wine. Anyone that has a taste of the old wine and that's what their mind is on will never go to the new because they long for the old. The old was so good. I loved that wine. Let's go back there. And, and God is saying to us this morning, forget about all that. Forget about yesterday's wine. This is God's method of operation, folks. You know it. Think about the Old Testament. Think about the children of Israel going through the wilderness. Remember, God provided a food for them. Anybody know what it was called? You know what manna means? Manna means what is it? What is it? That's what it means. What we look at it, we don't know what it is. And it was a type of bread. Do you know that that's why Jesus is called the bread of life? Because they looked at him and said, what is it? 
We don't understand it. What is it? But you'll notice that one of the things that God did is he provided manna for today, Sunday. He said, you got manna, get up in the morning, got your manna for today. Now, don't get up on Monday and try to go eat Sunday's manna. Because if you do that, there will be all kind of worms and different things in it. No, I'm providing new manna for Monday. But you know what we have the tendency to do? We want Sunday's manna. We always want it. We just want to go back. I'm good with this. No, don't take me any further. I went far enough. This is good. That's what we want to do. But God is saying, if you'll trust me, if you'll come out on the high dive with me and get ready, look over. And I know it might be a little frightening to your flesh. But if you look over there, I got something for you. And if you'll just jump off into the deep, come on, I'm going to anoint you to do it. Talking about this thing, anointing, and we read this scripture. What you have to understand is in Bible times, animal skins were used to keep wine and to keep things fresh. Okay? And what would happen, what Jesus was talking about here is what would happen is after a while, those skins would start to become old and brittle. Okay? And so when you pour new stuff in it, new wine in it, it would literally, he was speaking literally, it would break, it would break them open because they're old and brittle. So one of the things that they had to do was they would take those skins and they would dip them in water and they would take them out, dry them off, and then they would begin to rub oil all over the skins so that they would stay pliable. They would rub oil. They would anoint the skins so that they would stay pliable. And then when they just couldn't use them anymore, what they'd have to do is throw those away and they had to have new skins. They had to have new wineskins. Sometimes we can be in church so long and hear the same words and sing the same songs and see the same people and go through the same mess and, and all of that that we become brittle. We be, and that doesn't have anything to do with age, mind you. Come on. We can become old and brittle. And God needs to come in with some new oil, some new anointing. He needs to dip us in some water, the water of the Spirit. Come on. He needs to take the oil, the anointing oil, the Holy Spirit, and rub it all over us. Come on and anoint us. A new anointing. Make us new and fresh. Come on. And when you have a new anointing, come on, now you're ready for anything. I'm ready now. Take me, Lord. I can do it. I can do it. Jesus gave this example as a pattern for what he wants to do for his church, for this church. Come on. For you and for I, our dried and hardened hearts must be changed. Come on, to some sort of pliable vessels that God can work with, that we might contain the new anointing oil that comes. And I want to tell you this morning, it will surely come. And a new wine represents a new move of God's spirit, a fresh outpouring of the anointing. Come on, fresh outpouring of his spirit, and we must contain it. This word anointing actually means to rub on or to smear, and that's what God has to do with us. He has to rub it on us. He has to smear it on us so we won't be so dry and brittle. He needs to turn us in to a new wine skin. And only he can do it. Listen, it's not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, a new anointing. Come on. 
Isaiah 10, 27 says this, it shall come to pass that in that day, and I believe that day is today, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders. Come on, how many want some burdens taken off their shoulders? Come on. And his yoke from around your neck. Come on, how many felt like they've been in a, a place where they've been stuck and they can't go forward and they just don't know. Maybe there's a wall. I can't see what's in front of me, but there's a yoke. You feel like a, a dog in the front yard. You try to run out of the yard and you keep getting yanked back. And God is saying the day is coming and it's here that the yoke will be taken off of your neck and it will be destroyed. And guess what he says? Because of the anointing oil. Because of the anointing, I will send my spirit. I am sending my anointing. What we went through this morning was part of God's spirit. It's part of a new move of God. He's sending his spirit. Anointing fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall on me. That's how the yoke of bondage is broken. When we receive the spirit of God. And we stop trying to figure it out and do things our own way. Let's plan and let's do all these things and it needs to be done this way. But we need to open up, open our hearts, open our mind, our ears to what God... What are you saying, Lord? What do you want us to do? There are several things that the anointing will do for you. I just want to exhort you for a moment this morning. There are several things the anointing will do for you. And then I want to give you a few things that the anointing is going to allow God to do through you. Can I just do that? It's very brief. But I think you'll get something out of it. First of all, the anointing of God, if you would receive this thing that is coming and that is here even now, the, the anointing of God will restore your joy. Now, I don't care. And I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about things that change your happiness based on circumstances. Did I get the job? Did I not get the job? Did I get more money? Did I not get more money? Did they say something nice to me or did they say something mean? I'm not talking about circumstances. I'm talking this morning about your joy. That's something the enemy cannot take away from you. He didn't give it and he can't take it away. And the anointing of God will restore the joy of God in your life where nothing really matters. Say something bad about me. That's all right. Nothing, that doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Then truly, sticks and stones. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, you can say what you want. But it doesn't matter because I've got a joy in me. A fresh anointing oil from heaven will restore that thing. If you've lost your peace, it will bring it back. A fresh touch of the anointing oil. There are so many things that can try to suck your joy out. Oh yeah, your environment. Current events, come on. What about dwelling on your past? That can suck your joy away. Come on, if you're like me, most of us now, come on, most, most may not admit it, but most of us, if we look back and start dwelling on our past, sooner or later we're going to see mistakes that we've made. We're going to see uh, where we failed. We're going to see where someone offended us. We're going to see all these things. We start dwelling on that. It's just going to bring you down. I don't know if you're like me, but I can get, boy, you start thinking and then you just get down but the anointing of God will lift you up despite all of those things no matter what's gone on in the past I don't care what your relationship was like in the past God's got something fresh 
restore your joy. Next, it will heal your spirit, your soul, and your body. Oh, the, the anointing works on the whole man. I don't mean male man. I mean the whole man. Come on, the whole human. It, it works on the whole man. Second Corinthians says, if therefore, if we do not lose heart, don't lose heart, folks. I'm telling you this morning. Even though our outward man is perishing, every day you live, I don't care how old you are, the outward man is perishing. Come on. It's appointed to man to die once. Come on now. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is for a moment. But what is working in us, come on, far exceeds. Come on. It's eternal. It's eternal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. What you see is temporary. Come on, don't worry about it. It's, it only lasts for a while. Come on, weeping. What? Finish it. May what? Oh, but what? Joy comes in in the morning. And the morning is when you wake up. <laughs> come on. When you wake up, come on, God is saying, wake up! Stop sleeping, stop slumbering, wake up. Because joy is here. Joy is here. And the anointing will work miracles in your life. It will absolutely work miracles. It will open doors that you didn't even know were there when you follow God. Come on, when you follow the anointing of God, it will open doors you didn't even know were there. When they tell you you can't be healed of the thing, you'll be healed of it. Whatever it may be, this relationship is irreconcilable. We have irreconcilable differences, but the anointing of God comes in, boom, and you forgot about all that stuff. Come together. Come on. Come on. Works miracles in your life, the anointing of God. Let me just take you to one more scripture, Psalms 92. Go to Psalms 92 with me. I just want to bring out six things that God wants to do through you. Psalms, verse number 92nd. Look at verse 10. And this is what the great king had to say. He said, but my horn, verse 10 of Psalm 92. He said, my horn, you have exalted like a wild ox because I've been anointed with fresh oil. Fresh oil. You have anointed me. Just makes me even feel a little different, the oil. You know, I know we don't serve God through our flesh and by our feelings and our emotions, but I want to tell you, when he works on your spirit and he, he, he restores your joy and he changes some things even in your mind and your soul, that thing seeps all the way out and you just feel different. Come on, you have exalted my horn like the wild ox because I've been anointed with fresh oil. My eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear the desire, my desire on the wicked, those who rise up against me. And listen, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit, even in old age. Come on, somebody. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. 
no unrighteousness in him. Here's six things that God will allow to happen to you with the anointing. First of all, you will see. You will absolutely see. Now, in here, he says, you will see. He said, I have seen my desire uh, on my enemies. That means when your enemies keep on knocking you down, come on. They keep coming against me. When God anoints you, you'll see your desire. Your enemies will go away. (laughs) Come on. Or you'll be able to walk right over them. Or all of a sudden, they'll become your friends. Or whatever it may be, you'll be able to see your desire. But I think it's even deeper than that. I think God is going to, oh, we've been singing, open the eyes of my heart. He's going to do it. He's going to open your eyes and you're going to see. You're going to be able to see. Thank you, Lord. I can now see. I can see through your eyes. That's what we were talking about, having a new perspective. With the anointing oil, I have a new perspective because now I can see the way you see, Lord. I can hear. God's going to allow you to hear. Let me hear your voice. How many know so many people talking? There's so much chatter going on. You ever been around that? All this happening. Something happens in your life and you just hear this. People talking. Now listen, I know we need wise counsel. I'm not talking about that. You know, we need wise counsel. A lot of us have friends that we might go to in certain situations. I know we need that, absolutely. But you know what I'm talking about. You've been in situations where you're going through something and all this is happening. Just just talking. Chit chatter, chit chit chit, chatter chatter chatter. Come on, you, this one's telling me this girl you need to do this. Man, you better do. You better. Do, and all this is happening. You're hearing all this stuff, and then sometimes you want to say, "Shut up!" Everybody, just shut up. All these voices. Tell my friends, shut up. Tell the devil, shut up. Everybody, shut up. I need to hear from God. We need a word from the Lord. What do you have to say, Lord? And that's what he's saying. You will be able to hear. And you'll know it's my voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You'll be able to hear the word of the Lord clearly. And now you'll know exactly what to do. He said, the righteous will flourish. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Come on. Flourish. You know what that means to flourish? Here's what it is. You ever seen a a seed of a plant, right? I don't know what the seed of a palm tree looks like, but I know it doesn't look like a palm tree. You know, I doubt that if, you're, if you weren't a botanist that you could just look at a seed and say, oh, yeah, that looks like a palm tree. And so when you see it, no matter what it looks like on the outside, inside that thing is all the beauty of that palm tree. And so when it is planted, when it dies, but when it is watered, come on, by the Holy Spirit, Right? Come on. When it's nourished and that thing grows up, the inner beauty of that thing comes out and it flourishes and for all the inner beauty. Come on. For everyone else to see. Don't worry about what you look like on the outside right now. Come on. Because God's anointing you this morning and all that inner beauty that's in you is going to flourish and it's going to show and other people will see it. Come on. And David said earlier, I believe in Psalms 1, that the righteous, uh, you know, they'll flourish that way. And the world's going to see that and they're going to run to the Lord. They're going to fear God because of that thing. See, that's not just so everybody can say, oh, look how beautiful you are. But think about the purpose of a tree. It it provides shade. The beauty inspires. Come on. And that's what you'll do. When God anoints you and you begin to flourish, your beauty's going to come forth and you're going to begin to inspire others. You're going to draw them to the Lord. You're going to provide shade and protection for others. Come on. You are going to flourish. You are going to flourish because of the anointing of God. Next, you're going to grow. Oh, yeah. In order to flourish, you must grow. Come on, Ephesians 4, going on unto full stature. 
grow. God's going to allow us to grow up in him. See, when you grow toward maturity, uh, that's when, you know, some things don't matter anymore. You know, all the things that used to get on your nerves. Come on, when you were young and immature, where people used to say things about you or you didn't have the right, you know, clothes or dress or whatever it is, stuff that got on your nerves or, you know, little idiosyncrasies about others that got on your nerves. All that stuff doesn't matter because you're a little more mature now. You're grown up in the Lord. And now you have your eyes set on things that are really important. What do you want me to do, Lord? What can I say? How can I lay hands on someone to heal them? How can I speak into someone's life to grow them up? Come on, how can I encourage someone? How can I comfort someone else? What can I give, Lord? What service can I give? Those things become important to you. And then one of the most important things, he says, listen, when the anointing of God is on you, you will bear fruit, even in your old age. Come on. But you don't have to be old to bear fruit, young or old. Come on. But even in your old age, you will bear fruit. You will still be fruitful. You are still useful. You are still productive. You're not just sitting around watching the world go by. When the anointing of God is on you, you will bear fruit. I am fruitful. I'm valuable. I mean something oh, because God's anointing is on me. Now, without that, I'm nothing. Jacob said, I am but a worm. Come on. But with the anointing of God, how can the anointing of God turn a worm into a butterfly? Come on. But it does. And that's what you are. You will bear fruit. And then finally, you will show God's righteousness. Remember, it's all about him. It's not about us. It's all about him. Your life is about the kingdom of God. It's, there's such a bigger thing. And I don't have time. I could go into so many things where God, you know, when God said something or he would, he would do something and then the people would only see it for right now. Yes, Lord, thank you for this. And you'd see it for today and maybe tomorrow. But God's mind is a thousand years down the road. Come on. He's talking about for generations. And what, because you obeyed him today, generations will benefit from it. That's something we don't see all the time. Come on. But we need to be able to understand that God doesn't, he lives in eternity. He doesn't live in time. And so we need to understand we will show God's righteousness when the anointing of God is on us. First John chapter 2, I'll leave you with this. 24 to 27 says, therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. Let it abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, what? Eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But here it is, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need anyone to teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you you will abide in him you listen here's what i want to tell you god has been speaking to us from the very beginning now maybe the manifestation of that thing is just coming forth but god has been speaking to you and guess what you heard it you might not realize that you heard it, but you heard it. You heard it. You heard it when you were first saved. When God breathed the breath of life into you, he began to anoint you then. 
because he knew such a time as this would come. He already knew it. The Bible said God sees the end, what? From the beginning. He already knew a moment in time would happen. And so what he's imploring you today, that which you heard from the beginning, you know you're anointed. Come on. You know God is, you don't have to come up to some altar call and, and, you know, somebody rubs something on you and you, listen, God has anointed you. He's put his spirit in you. I'm not coming against that. I'm not coming against that at all. Obviously, listen, I'm Pentecostal and apostolic, you know, whatever, whatever the names you want to, I'm all that, tongues, everything. I take it, I don't want nothing left out. Whatever God has, I'm all that. This morning we sang he's all that and I want all that. So come on now. I'm not leaving anything out. I'm not stoic or stiff, any of that. I want, it. I want the spirit and the word, the anointing, the baptism, the healing, the deliverance, everything God has. Come on, I want to walk in all of that. Amen. So I'm not coming against any of that. But what I'm trying to tell you is you, you're going somewhere looking for something, looking for some evangelist to come, running off to some other city, watching something on TV, and God's already put it in you. He's already put it in you. You have it in you. That what you heard from the beginning. Come on. If you heard it from the beginning, guess what? It abides in you. The anointing of God abides in you. Stand to your feet this morning.